Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein. And I'm Mark Scarborough. And today on the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark, we are not cooking. Yeah, yeah, I have a day off, but we are talking about cooking. <laughs> and we're talking about an ingredient that is very commonly used in cooking, and that is olive oil. Oh, olive oil. Okay, here's what we're really talking about. We're talking about the notion or the headline or the scare tactic or the what? That olive oil is fake. Oh, yeah. It that- started a few years ago, and the news picked up on a study done by UC Davis, right. and what the news took out of that. And we should say that even the paper of record, the New York Times did this. Yep. That's right. And they had to correct themselves later. But what did they do at first? Well, basically, they said 69% of olive oil is doctored. Right. And that claim that 69% of olive oil is doctored led to websites and even some prominent cooking sites claiming that 69% of olive oil, or most of the olive oil out there, is Fake. It had us all believing that instead of buying olive oil, we were buying canola oil that was right. colored and perfumed. <laughs> and so what... In- we, we, we should say that there maybe is an unscrupulous producer sure. somewhere sure. that would color and perfume canola oil or, I don't know, corn oil, thing like olive oil. But I as- think they must be Russian. Right. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe they're making everything fake these days. Probably Trump oil. Right. Okay. All right. Back off. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the deal here is that even if you were to fake it, you have to get past some hurdles, which we'll right. talk about later. So let me also say that the New York Times then did change their headline to right. say accurately that 69% of imported extra virgin olive oil did not meet in a taste test the the criteria necessary to be called that. So okay. let's talk about <laughs> wait, those wait, wait, criteria. Let's go back and add all those words. Imported and Extrovert. a taste test and see all those qualifications running all through there. The UC Davis study was 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 funded by some California olive oil people, right? Yes, and it was only for imported and it was only for the extra virgin. Right. And so there's a little bit of problem about underwriting the study, but still nonetheless, it was way, way, way more nuanced than the Times original yes. statement and way more nuanced than how this story has gotten blown up. So let's first talk about what are the criteria, both in the U.S. Okay. and around the world, for right. olive oil to be called extra virgin. That's the big one, right? Everybody's concerned about extra I mean, you can get extra virgin and virgin and then just plain old olive oil and then Lampante yeah. olive oil yeah. and then pumice olive oil. There's all kinds of categories, but right. everybody's always concerned about the extra virgin. Yeah, so let's talk about what that is. So the USDA does have guidelines, and they didn't for a while, but they have taken on the guidelines of the EU. Right, and I let me just add here that we've been in this business long enough that we've actually published books that claim that the USDA has no guidelines, but that's because we've been in this business now 20-some-odd yeah. years, and it's now changed. So the, US has, the, F, the USDA has taken on the guidelines from the IOC, the International Olive Commission Standards. And that used to be like, what, the IOOC? It was the International Olive Olive Oil Oil. Commission, which is now the International Olive Commission. (laughs) The IOC. So basically, for, for an oil, an olive oil to be called virgin, we're not even talking extra virgin, just a virgin or extra virgin, it must be mechanically pressed only. That's the first rule. You can't use heat. You can't use chemical solvents. It's just a mechanical pressing. Right. And the second rule for extra virgin olive oil is that it has to have 
this is the kicker, eight-tenths of a percent or less acidity. Now, we should stop and say what that means because that sounds so weird. Eight-tenths. The well, first time I read that in the study, I thought, well, you know, in the guidelines, I thought, wait a minute, eight-tenths of a percent of what? Well, it's eight-tenths of a percent of free fatty acids because when the olives are harvested and then they're stored and then they're processed, triglycerides in them start to break apart. Right. And when they break apart, you're left with what they call free fatty acids. Monoglycerides and, and diglycerides and, and glycerides. And those are impurities. Those are acids. Those ruin the taste of it. So you, to be extra virgin, you must have 0.8% or less. And we should talk about a second, just a second, how that happens, that olives can sit around, they can be stored too long, they start to break down, they can come in contact with water. Fruit flies are another one that can do it for them. Fruit flies, right, olive diseases, yep. uh, various parasites, all these things can cause that breakdown to happen. And that extra virgin thing is really strict, that 0.8% yep. or... Maybe we should say point fewer. or fewer, <laughs> 0.8% or fewer, oh, grammar please, 0.8% or fewer yeah. of the fatty, free, free, free fatty, fatty acids. acids. Now that's to be extra virgin. To be a virgin olive oil, your free fatty acids can go up to 3.3% by the IOC standards, but this is what I love. The USD, USDA says, uh-uh, that's too high. They only allow it to go to 2%. Right. So there's just, this, is the, this is the kicker here. The U.S. has not necessarily signed on to the IOC, although there's an out to this, right? There's yeah. a, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But, but there's more than just the lab tests, right? Because right. you do that in a lab. The other really integral part of the testing of olive oil for whether it's virgin or extra virgin or taste panels. Oh, and this is a kicker right here. <laughs> because the IOC has panels that test, and they get eight tasters when they're testing the oils. And these people must confirm if a sample oil is defective in flavor. And by defective, is it too sour? Is it too bitter? Does it taste rotty? Does it taste moldy? And yeah. they have to oh. they have to identify that, that defect. If the sample is not defective... Then they go on the other nuances of olive oil. Then they talk about the fruitiness, the bitterness, and the pungency. Okay, so w w what we're saying here is to get this big extra virgin distinction, you have to not only pass a mathematically equated scientific <laughs> yes. acid content test right. for all those glyceride right. things floating around in it because of bad olives, but also, in addition to that, you have to pass a taste test. You do. And so basically, if we go back to that UC Davis study, they were doing the taste testing. There you go. Now, they did put the oils through um, labs, too, and pretty much most of the oils passed the um, acidity test. It was in the taste panels that the UC Davis panels did not feel the imported extra virgin olive oils they tasted met the IOC and therefore the USDA's criteria. Right. Okay. And so part of the problem here is that things get divided into extra virgin virgin. And as we talked, lampante oil, or as they say in English, lampant. Lampant, lampant oil. I can't hardly say it. Lampante <laughs> in Italian. Lampant oil. And lampant oil is not fit for human consumption, but it can be made fit for human consumption yes. over time. It's refined. And when you buy a bottle of something just called olive oil, or light olive oil, or any of that stuff, you are buying a refined olive oil that had been categorized as a lampante and then was refined to get rid of the bad taste, the impurities, the over-acidity, and it doesn't have the nuance and the flavor and the characteristics at all 
of extra virgin and virgin, but it still can then be called olive oil. It's right. It's 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 not. It doesn't have all that flavory, I mean, flowery, nope. sweet, herbal right. overtones to it. And the same with pumice oil, right? Which is heavily refined, chemically refined. Yeah, that pumice, heavily refined. Pumice oil is made from the dregs, the remaining meat and skins and dregs of the olives after all that other oil is made and they have to use solvents and everything to squeeze it out mm, it's like ground beef it's the ground <laughs> beef of olive oil it's you know as we the say pink slime. now nearly rectum free mm. <laughs> so the thing about something labeled just olive oil so that's the refined oil and honestly from all the research we did we know that that is the most common grade of oil sold around the world. Right. That That is what is used more than everything. And if you don't like the flavor of strong olive oil, so you look for the light olive oil, that's what you're buying. You're buying that oil. And if you see one that just says olive oil with more flavor, they can mix in, they could blend a little extra virgin or virgin into just refined olive oil to give it more taste. But that's what you're getting. Now, let me also say, not all countries subscribe to the IOC standards and have signed up to be part of the IOC. And also, may we say that some of those countries that belong to the IOC import olive oil to the United States and label it extra virgin that could not necessarily be labeled extra virgin in their countries. It has to do with, right, with how that label occurs. It has to do with the tasting, of course, because their right. tasters are trained differently than our tasters and all of that. So you have to find an olive oil that you like from a company that you like, preferably one that is from a country that's part of the IOC. Now, let me just, since I've got the list here, <laughs> okay. on a piece of paper, let me just read the list. These are the countries that, in fact, are part of the IOC. That's Algeria, Argentina, Argentina. Listen to me. <laughs> Algeria, Argentina, the, the EU. The whole of the EU. The whole of the EU. Iran, Israel, Jordan, Lebanon, Libya, Montenegro, Morocco, the state of Palestine, Tunisia, Turkey, and Uruguay. Or as we used to say when I was in elementary school, Uruguay. So those <laughs> countries. But you notice there's one country I didn't list, that uh, big one there, and I didn't list the United States. No, the United States is not part of the IOC. That's why the USDA has adopted mostly the IOC standards. However, there is an organization called the North American Olive Oil Association, or NAOOA. Wow, these bureaucrats love their labels, <laughs> don't they? They end their letters. NAOOA, the North American Olive Oil Association. And if you want to get their seal of approval on your U.S.-produced olive oil, you must follow the IOC guidelines strictly. So the whole the whole sum up of this, I mean, we're we're not we're not quite to the sum up, but the one sum up that we can take away from this is that nobody is selling canola oil that, that nobody known is selling canola oil or corn oil that's been flavored and, and colored, colored to look like olive oil. The question is the standards of what it tastes like right. and the acidity levels that shift from country to country. And so what the UC Davis study found, right, is that some olive oil imported didn't meet their taste test standards. That they felt that the it was approved by the IOC in Europe, but when we tasted it here at UC Davis, we did not feel it tasted 
as good enough to be called extra virgin. Maybe it was good enough to be virgin. They didn't say that. They just said right. it didn't taste proper enough to be extra virgin. This is always around to say there is a real way out of this, right? Taste it yourself That's and decide out. what you think is good olive oil. So there are ways to taste olive oil, just like you taste wine. Now, don't pour it in a glass and drink it. Um, Mark and I recommend, first, clean your hands real well. And don't put any lotion on. And, and don't use soap with perfume. Yeah, and rinse off the soap you use very well. And then you're going to pour like a teaspoon of olive oil or half a teaspoon into your palm. And let your palm warm it up a bit. And then lick it off your palm. And this will give you a nice bouquet. Does it taste buttery? Does it taste like grass? Does it taste like flowers? Is there a little bitterness? Italian olive oils tend to be a little more bitter than other countries. I think that's just a thing they like in Italy. Yeah, um, I, think, I don't I like think, an overly bitter. I think Spanish olive oils tend to be sweeter. They are. I think they're butterier. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And price can also tell you something when you start. Now, I'm not saying that you have to spend a lot to get good olive oil, but when you're looking at a liter of extra virgin olive oil and it's less than $9.99, oh. Just put on your put on your glasses, read the label carefully, and think about it. Is it on sale? Okay. Is it not on sale and that's a regular price? Mm, sure. Buy it. Try it. Taste it. Th see what you think. But don't be surprised if that liter of extra virgin olive oil tastes very bitter. Yeah, I think that this is the key. And I think tasting is crucial. And listen, even if you buy a jug of olive oil, you know, but a decent jug that's like $30 for the whole liter, you know, those big tins of it. Even if you buy it and it's not exactly to your taste, it will be fine for cooking and you're not getting canola oil no. or vegetable oil masquerading as olive oil. And that all says that also, if you're really serious about olive oil, and I think this is advice that is everywhere these days, but we should say that there, you should have two, right? Yes, you should exactly. have that, that liter for cooking. Yeah, it's a liter of the 8 to $10 for, for heating up in your skillets. Yeah, even right. if you want to go crazy, even $20 at the liter. But then you want to have a nice bottle of finishing olive Which oil. Which you never heat. You never put in a pan. It's for dipping bread into instead of right. butter. It's for drizzling on some grilled fish. Right. It's to use as a condiment. Right. And that is where you're going to look for the award-winning oils, both from Europe and the U.S. Right. And that's where you really want to make sure you spend your dollar. Right. That's the, I guess Bruce said, that's the oil you're going to drizzle on onto tomatoes and sprinkle mm. a little lemon juice and salt on. That's that oil that is not, you're not going to, I don't know what, you're not going to fry a chicken in that oil. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> I, I guess some fat cat somewhere is probably frying a chicken right now in that oil, but you shouldn't be doing it in that oil. So if you want to see what some of Mark and my favorite oils are, look on our website at bruceandmark.com. We're going to give you some links out to some oils that we like. And uh, we'd love to hear from you and see what oils have you tried, what do you like, and what do you think about this whole olive oil controversy? Yeah, and, you know, while you're at it, go ahead and check out this podcast every week. We're here every week, not always talking about something. Mostly we're cooking through something, but we do have short episodes of this podcast right now where we're talking about some common cooking mistakes that we found, right? We are. So come back again next week and we will cook through a recipe for you. Um, please rate us, review us, share us with your friends, share the love because we love you here at Cooking with Bruce and Mark. <laughs>